Hello, this is Ruin Willow with the Oh, Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow podcast. I'm excited you're here today. Thank you for coming to listen to my podcast. I have all kinds of different erotica and guests on my podcast, and I do talk about sex. So if you're under 18, it is time to leave the podcast now, baby love. Today, I have an amazing interview with P.B. Breckenridge. He writes Gay Male Male Taboo Erotica. And on Twitter, he is PB underscore Breckenridge. You can find his work, his books on online sellers. And I will put all of his links down in the podcast notes so that you can access his information and his books. Size Kings is his book. Who's got Size Kings? Size Kings 2. Becoming Daddy's Good Girl is Size Kings 2. So you can check out his information in the podcast show notes. Don't forget that I have two pieces nominated for the Golden Pigtails Smut Awards. I would love it if you vote for me. You can vote up through the 14th, and that is the semifinals. And if I make it through this round, then I get to the finals. So please vote for me. My works in the awards, the nominations are for... Decadent Erotica, my anthology, and In the Dark for the Dark Web, which is an audiobook I narrated for B.E. Wolf. So please vote for us and vote for your favorites. There's an awesome amount of amazing erotica in erotic audiobooks and other erotic content in the awards. So check that out. And it's Valentine's Day coming up. I just put out a post about how to do fun things for Valentine's Day from free and cheap all the way up to purchasing something. So check that out on my website and get the Ruin Willow discount is where you can get discounts on sex toys. And those are perfect gifts for Valentine's Day because you can, you're buying pleasure essentially that your partner can use and you can use on your partner. You can use it together. So it is an experience that you're buying. You're not just buying the toy. You're buying the experience and the intimacy that will come from using that particular tool to enhance your sex, to enhance your involvement, your intimacy, your your sexy times together, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> okay, let's get into the interview. And he's amazing. He's got great things to say. He's lived quite the life and he's got a great outlook. And I hope you enjoy. Well, welcome back to the podcast. I am talking with PB Breckenridge. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. That's so good to talk with you again. I'm excited to have you back on. Thank you so much. So is it your birthday today? It is. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Are you having a good one? I have a date tonight. <laughs> oh, that's a good thing. Hey, that's a good birthday present, huh? <laughs> uh, with a much younger man. <laughs> oh, won't that be interesting? <laughs> well, I hope you have a blast. I hope so, too. <laughs> so tell me about your new project. You've got Size King 2's out, right? Is It, it is out, right? Yes, it is out. It's uh, hardback on Amazon, and there's a short story about that. And mm -hmm. then Smashwords. Um, nice which is, that's my, my first time being on Smashwords. Um, I, oh Lord, where do I even start? <laughs> Wherever you want. <laughs> I, I decided to try to do Kindle on, on my own. And the first book, you know, 
with P-Boy, Size Kings, the first one. Yeah. Uh, he, he handled all of that. Okay. So I spent, I don't know how long, at least a good two weeks, trying to figure out the darn measurements for um, Kindle pages. Okay. And I didn't realize that there was a difference. And then that you don't apparently indent in Kindle and, oh, my God, growing it with <laughs> It was a whole process. I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> and I think it was finally um, J.M. Shadows, who I adore, mm. uh, was the biggest help. <laughs> nice. <laughs> in, in That's good to get. Because it's the whole Kindle thing under control. <laughs> and then so I submitted it and I waited, I don't know how many days. And it seemed longer than normal. And they come back and they're like, well, we're really sorry, but we're not going to accept the story because you have incest in it. Oh, no. These, the story is very similar to others on the market. And I'm going, not that I've read. <laughs> right. It's probably a load of BS, right? Yeah. I, so I'm like, oh, God. So then I went, formatted it for paperback, and it was published brief, briefly, and then somebody had bought it, pointed out that there were some spelling errors. Oh, uh, yeah, shoot. In the paperback edition. So I went back, this was after being published, of course, went back to correct them. There's still like a mistake on the back of the book about in my author bio, which kills me. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's painful, isn't it? I know, right? But you yeah. can still change that, right? You can still update it. Well, I'm not sure because I tried the paperback version and it wouldn't let me. So then I'm like, okay, take oh. the paperback off. Mm. No more paperback is now hardback. Okay. Gotcha. And then that's when I went to Smashwords because of the incest in uh, Size Kings 2. But um, did they allow the paper or the um, hardcover to exist? They do. Apparently they did because it's there and I have both paperback and hardback. Probably the few one one of the few people that have the paperback edition my shelf with the other books you know that I've written mm. the, hard, the hardback edition is just I think it's beautiful it's just, mm. and there's something about having your work in hardback yes versus paperback I don't know what it is <laughs> I need to do that I haven't done that with any of mine yet I totally need to do that too is it different to do paperback versus hardback or is it kind of the same thing it's kind of the same thing the only okay. thing was the price point for selling and mm. enumerating doing it with my other books that you know under my real name my literary mm-hmm. work versus my erotica just sure. so have them and especially my first book which is kind of you know the, the one closest to my heart because it was the first right to have them in hardback yeah i don't know it's a weird not a weird feeling it's a pretty good feeling i think having it in hardback it's it just like the feel of it. It's like, yeah. And it's a little, there's a, there's a size difference in like how it's, how it looks versus paperback, which is kind of weird, but. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it was, um, people, I, I, you know, there was talk about is, was there a size Kings too? And people were wanting it. So we had talked for a little bit and he's like, you know, I really don't, at the time right now, and I, I really trust you with the characters, and I'll just turn them over. And I'm like, are you sure about this? You're the <laughs> one that created these characters. I just kind of like added the sexy bits and the parts that 
you weren't sure exactly how to go about writing okay three or another and he's mm-hmm. like oh yeah 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 go ahead you know be my guest and I'm like well thank you but you know I was really flattered that he did that and it just for me the story came out of this place of great love nice. you know, between Johnny and Luke yeah, tell me more about that well the the second story is continuation of theirs we get to meet Johnny's parents his father, Henry, I'm trying to remember, remember his mother's name. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just call her mom. <laughs> I call her mama in the story because they're from Texas and that seemed like the right oh, thing. Okay. To do. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so we saw the nose. Do that. Uh, and, and then we meet uh, Johnny's uncle, his mother's brother as well, um, who. Henry ends up leaving Johnny's mother for okay for the brother, ironically. Mm. And the brother is kind of the villain, if you mm. will, of the story. We hadn't really had a, a villain per se. Uh, although Dub, this time around, plays a little bit of the villain okay. to some degree. But the, the incest part of it comes with... Uh, Johnny and Henry, um, okay. right before he leaves to go to college. And it's Johnny's father that is the one that pursues wanting to have that relationship. And of course, with Johnny is the top of this. The story really is primarily Luke and Johnny's and, you know, Johnny proposing and then Johnny wanting to explore his feminine side. Okay. And this came from a, um, a very personal space for me. And reading Johnny now, or not Johnny, sorry, reading Luke now on the page, you know, all this time later after it's published, it's really me on the on the page. Um, mm. I, if I hadn't retired, I would have been a 38-year uh, professional female impersonator. Oh, wow. So that's a long time. That is. That's amazing. That <laughs> We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Spring Cleaning Champions, Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our special offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some oral pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? Well, (laughs) Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean shaven for spring cleaning. After he uses Manscaped, you can say, "Hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads, one for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. 
And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. (laughs) Spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. Yes. Started at 18, but okay. uh, I, I met a friend a year ago at the center. And when she first met me, and if you know me, um, you're going to find the story hysterical because I was like looking down or writing something down or reading something or something like that. And she's like, you just seem like this really quiet, introverted, mousy, shy, timid guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Not me at all. (laughs) (laughs) And we we get to talking and um, there's this moment where I'm talking about my stage persona and she says that there was like a light switch that was flipped and the Uh light came on and I fully became myself. Ah, nice. And we had talked about that for a little bit and I was like, the more I thought about it, it's like, okay. Okay, you know, and I know for years that you can get away with things, saying things and doing things as a drag queen that you could never get away with in real life. Sure, I can imagine that. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) Very intriguing. And it's like, how do I, how do I bring that into my own personal life? Aspects of her, and there are people that only know me as her, Mm. as you know, and then there are only people that know me as me, as me, and not her. And how do I? how do I bring that aspect in? So I was, you know, and I have a whole closet of stuff all that's all her. Okay. Yep. Uh, so it was, it started with like just wearing hair, high heel shoes with jeans. And then I love a good, like Kashima scarf. So I would, would wear that in a pair of high heel shoes or I would wear jewelry. So I was kind of slowly like blending or not blending, blurring. God, I'm sorry. Oh no, it's okay. Blurring. <laughs> Wearing gender lines when it comes to clothes because clothes really don't have a gender. Right. And that's what Luke does in this story. And the story, and I don't even know where this where this idea came from, in all honesty. And I still have problems going, where did that come from? When I wrote <laughs> it, Johnny and Luke decide to go to Victoria's Secrets. Okay. Because he's wanting like little lingerie sets, you know, the thigh highs and the garters and the you know, the little corset with the little bows and all that little tiny stuff. And, Absolutely. Um, and Johnny's wanting to take him and Luke, Luke is like, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know about this. And they run into this clerk that's not like the nicest woman. And then the manager mm. is over and Johnny's wanting him at one point to step out of the little dressing room. And he's like, daddy, I really don't know if I can because I feel so fully exposed. Mm. Right. <laughs> Carrying all this see-through lace. Right, exactly. <laughs> Everything's on full view, and he's like, oh, come on, baby girl, just step out. <laughs> uh-huh. And the manager sees him, and she's like, would you mind, like, a few Polaroids? Oh. I want to send a, I want to send to the owner of Victoria's Secrets, and I made up this guy completely. Uh, uh-huh. I don't even know who the owner is. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Made up this guy completely. And you'll love it. You'll love his first name. Are you ready? Yes. It's Shirley. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> now, that name, I actually knew a man called Shirley. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, much older than I was and a minister down south. Okay. That we would visit when we went and saw my grandfather who lived down south and we lived here in Ohio. Okay. And I always sat there going, thinking, weren't you like bullied to hell and back because of your first name? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I thought it kind of played with gender, which is what the book is about. Yeah. You know, size kings do, becoming daddy's good girl and girl is spelt with a U. Um, not to be confused with girl spelt with an I. Right. Um, try to keep the two separate. Yeah. So the next thing we know, Shirley contacts Luke, wants to like set up a photo shoot, wants, and then Whirlwind, they're wanting to start like a whole chain of stores of for non-binary, transgender, whatever people call Daniel's secrets. I don't know where. Oh, I don't know wow. Where, I don't know where any of this came from. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain. Right. <laughs> It just seemed like a pretty nice idea. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I and I did do research into like models and salaries and where they have their shows and how the shows work and that kind of you know the Victoria's Secret shows and so all of that's accurate because I wanted it right. Um, but yeah, and then he drags Frank and in, Frank into it because they're wanting other other air air if you can see my air quotes. <laughs> Uh, to be models and he's like well i've got the perfect people there's you know frank and myself and then there's this new character luke's Luke's cousin oh god what's his name i remember michael uh who who starts at the same college because luke's grandma has said you know that that's where he should apply because he's wanting to play hockey like luke and their cousins, okay. and then he would know somebody there. So he tells Michael that he should be one as well. And then the next thing they know, um, they have plans where they're going to do the big premier fashion show in Paris. Mm. Meantime, um, Johnny proposes to Luke in the story. And of course, Johnny says yes. And then with the photo shoot, it was, um, yeah. And I got it. I got it wrong the first time I wrote it, and that was one of the things I had to change. Okay. Let me see if I can pull up the because I want to get it right when I say it for this interview. I don't right. This is the photographer. It's this very famous photographer that I wanted shooting the. Uh, uh, gosh. Here. Okay, Annie Leibowitz. Mm, okay, perfect. <laughs> I screwed it up the first time and called her Fran. And it's like, no, her name. Oh, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's the photographer. And then, you know, and again, I don't, I don't know where that came from. Why chose her to be photographer? Maybe because she's shot so many famous people. Okay. You know, she's this renowned photographer, but it just seemed right that something that was going to be this major thing would have someone of some prestige to be the photographer right right so then the makeup artist is matthew anderson you know who used to do rupaul's makeup 
is the makeup artist. And there's this hysterical scene where he just comes off as this very pretentious drama queen. <laughs> ah. And I'm not, I'm sure he's not like that. But again, it's like, where did that come from? <laughs> right. <laughs> Your brain again. <laughs> I wasn't like trying to drop names, but I was trying to like make this seem like a legit thing. Sure. You know, that this executive, Shirley, was really serious about starting this new new company and this new line of lingerie and wanted the powers that be that were involved and then brought on to help direct the photo shoot or right. or, or the posing of Luke was Michael Lucas. Porn <laughs> <laughs> star Michael Lucas. Again, nice. we don't know where that came from, but... <laughs> sense and then of course that leads to like this whole he's like you know if you or your friends would ever like to do porn we need to talk Ah. Um, two of them do luke and johnny i don't think if i remember right i don't think they do do, uh, yeah and then the, the trip to paris is actually johnny and luke's honeymoon trip oh fun yeah and then uh you know his his parents are of Johnny's parents are of some means. His father's an oil well owner. His mother's a socialite. So okay. quite a bit of dough. Um, don't talk a lot about the uh, um, the uncle because he's just kind of jerky. But, um, you know, and then this struggle, I guess, if you will, for Luke, too, in the story about him coming out as non-binary, oh, okay. um, which is something I also did. Right. Yeah, this this last year, um, n- something that was never on my radar, something I never thought I would do, something I really didn't know anything about two years ago, and then I was doing all of this research for something I was wanting to write that dates all the way back to 1860s about, at the time, was being called third gender. Okay, yep. And I'm you know, reading all this stuff and I'm going, okay, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. Oh my God. <laughs> and for people who don't know, would you describe what that means? I, I'm one of those people, I hate being called sir. You know, mm-hmm. thank you, sir. Have a nice day, sir. I hate that. Sure. I hate being called mister. I'm also the type, and I'm sure listeners can hear it in my voice, but I'm the type that I drive up to the Right through at McDonald's, I'll place my order and they'll say, Well, that'd be 535, ma'am. Please pull up mm. to the window. Okay. <laughs> sure. And then you get there and they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry, sir. And I'm like, Ugh. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, I had it right the first time, honey. <laughs> you just ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like specifically male, it's not specifically female, it's something uniquely different in the middle. And at the time, Carl Urwerks and Magnus Hirschfeld were both writing about predominantly effeminate, sissy, gay, bottom men. Okay. And that, and the term that they used, and of course it's outdated and probably offensive, was that we had, I can say it right, hermaphroditic souls, Mm. or or a a feminine soul in a more, you know, practical modern term and, sure, and, sure. and psyche and thinking and I'm going well I can relate to that I always have you know, mm-hmm. and, then, and 38 years in drag didn't help <laughs> right <laughs> um, 
three nights a week, two shows a night, and you're in high horror drag. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. That will shape you. And yeah. <laughs> people who still call me, you know, by my first first name, my stage name, which is Candy. Okay. And even out of drag friends that know me so long that they call me Candy, mm. uh, which I love, and they can get away with it. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, when the research started, it seemed like the perfect thing for something for Luke to kind of be struggling with. And it seemed like the next step in the series, instead of just being a pussy boy, Mm -hmm. which is his own phenomenon. And we had this conversation the last time that there isn't a lot of literature, well, erotic literature, I guess, out there about, about this. I, I've read a few things, uh, mostly Smashwords, I think. Okay. Uh, but not nearly the length that P-Boy and I wrote, or I wrote on my own. And then a very dear follower who's actually the cover model oh. for the photo that's on the book. He's like, you know, you really kind of left out Aileen and Frank. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> In this second book. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think Aileen was in the first one. He's one of the new characters. Mm, um, okay. If I remember right. But Frank, you know, Frank, this big brute top, mm. or, you know, makes this big switch in the first book and becomes the start of what becomes a pussy boy. Okay. Well, Frank ends up at, the, at this coffee shop, sees this tall, muscular, strapping flaming red hair Irishman at a coffee shop. And Frank is wiggling in his seat because Dub had just grew him senseless. Mm. <laughs> and Aileen sits down and he's like, are you, you okay? And Frank is blushing scarlet. He's like, oh, I, I know that blush. Yeah. And uh, they start dating, I guess dating in, in the first book. But he, the, the reader pointed out I wish there had been more of Aileen and Frank. So okay. I've started the third. Oh, okay. <laughs> With them in it, obviously. <laughs> yes, and more of their more of their story. I'm trying to pick up some of the pieces from the previous one. Because I think a lot of what's written so far, and it's only about 25 pages of the third one, where Frank is really trying is really struggling with who he is, what he is, how he fits into all of this, what can he accept, what can he accept, what terms while they're in Paris. Sure. Um, and then I don't know where it's all going to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun part. You get to figure that out, right? You get yeah. to dream it up. Yeah. but um, I don't know. Johnny and Luke have really been, I guess the last year, have been one of the th- things that I would call one of my saving graces. Mm. Um, because I think when we had talked the last time, I think if I remember right, I might have just had lost my husband of 18 years. Yeah. I'm trying to remember where it was around that time. And I can't remember. I think it was after we talked, wasn't it? It might've have, it might have been. And I can't really fully remember if it was before or if it was after or when it was. I know it was Close either way. Yeah, I feel like that that he passed after we talked. Yeah, and again, I'm so sorry for your loss. But it was like three. Just the aspects of the 
18 year relationship and yes. he had played and trying to imagine um, the conversations we could have had if we had had um, one of our final conversations earlier, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. And that's, it's kind of heartbreaking, isn't it? I mean, it is. and talking, one of the things that's helped the most, I did an interview shortly after Jim had died with Sam, FWA Sam mm. does this stuff with hi- hierarchy. Some of it I agree with, some of it I don't, but he, he posted something and I'm like, oh no, wait a minute, Sam, I really have this interesting conversation I'd like to have. And I think it was about ser- service mm. that a lot of us don't talk about. Right. And it was in regards to my being able, with the help of hospice, to keep Jim at home so mm. he could die at home. Right. And that was the highest form of service anybody can give anybody. That's true. I agree with um, that. Mm-hmm. And Sam had said this thing. And at the time, I really paid attention when he said it, because I said, you know, there was this perception that I wasn't seeing the way I thought I should have been, that he, mm-hmm. Jim was missing an awful lot in regards to who, who I was and the roles I played. Um, right. And then. Sam was like, well, you know, all you got to do is look back. And he was telling you in a way that he could, not necessarily the words that you wanted to hear, but he was telling you that. Right. And one of the things, and maybe in the third book, I'll have Johnny do it with Luke. But after we, you know, we'd been together 18 years, you know, we had our commitment ceremony. Well, it would now be 19 years ago, you know, which is the time was all we could do. But then we had legally married five months before Jim had passed away to protect ourselves legally. Okay, sure. Uh, Smartest thing I did. Right. That's where this idea of Johnny and Luke marrying really, really came from. But anyway, after after we did that, when the AIDS came in Mm. every day with hospice, and especially if they were new, and it was so cute at the time, but it didn't fully register, I for whatever reason, but he introduced me. Oh, this is my wife, you know, Mrs. Breckenridge. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and then like this look and the one lady, the one day she's like, aren't you emasculated by that? I'm like, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who I am is what I am. Or, yeah. or he or introduced me as, as Mrs. So actually, when Johnny and Luke are married in the book, the minister, one of Johnny's conditions, or not Johnny's, Luke's conditions, is that they are introduced as Mr. and Mrs. Johnny Wingate. Okay, yep. And it just made such perfect sense, and it was something I wish we had done. I wish you had claimed that label much earlier in your relationship. Yeah, much earlier. So maybe he'll just, you know, spur the moment in the third book, just call Luke Mrs. Right, right. But the third book is, yeah, what is the name of the third book that I'm working on? Uh, <laughs> trying to keep them all straight. So. Your working title, right? Or is it your solid title? I think it's solid. Okay. So Size Kings 3, Princess in Training. Mm. <laughs> nice. Nice title. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. 
I don't know how sales are going. I don't I don't know. That's a whole isn't that a whole monster unto itself? <laughs> it is to look that up and yeah. <laughs> Eventually you'll figure it out, right? <laughs> I think I've made enough to buy a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, the more you the more you talk about it and get out there, the better. And the more books you have, the better. Because if someone likes your book, then they will go and get more of your books. That's what I just learned, that it isn't so much the content of the books, but the number of books you've written. Yeah, the number of books do matter because then it gives people something else to go to once they, if they like one of your books. If you don't have anything else to offer, yeah, it does make a difference. Yeah, so I've heard the same thing. I guess I better get cracking on this third one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You'll get there, right? You'll get your content built up and it will be good. So was it easy to, to publish on Smashwords? I've heard it's kind of a bear or was it okay? It was okay. The The big thing was, is I kept the paragraphs separated. There's like a full, uh, a full line or two between each paragraph. So you know that you're starting a new paragraph, if I remember right. Okay. Um, I thought it was really easy. No, good. Maybe they changed it because I've heard, used to hear it was so hard to get that going. No, Kindle was, oh God, that was a nightmare. Kindle was worse, yeah. <laughs> God, I was so ready to rip my hair out and I don't have that much hair to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, don't rip it out. <laughs> oh my Lord. I, you know, in a conversation we as authors, we don't have, I guess, I don't know. I, I Maybe we're supposed to come knowing. <laughs> no, maybe. Sophia, <laughs> I know it's a dog. Cousin. Yeah. <laughs> But so many things to learn, right? But we'll we get there eventually. Hopefully. Yeah, and it isn't really about the money. It's about telling the stories I want to. I want to tell, and it's you know, or maybe even going further than that. That, and I'm going to paraphrase because I can't remember the exact quote. But Toni Morrison is one of my favorite, like big time authors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love her work. But she said that if there's a story that you want to read and that you haven't read, that you need to write it. Yes. That's how I feel about both of, well, soon to be all three books. Um, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that quote as well. But it's it's true and it's beautiful. And it's, yes. I, yeah, it's the third one. I, I was going pretty strong. And then we had this power outage. <laughs> Dang power. <laughs> saved it, and then the computer comes back on, you know, and then it brings all of those multiple. Well, I have a, a Mac. Mm, okay. You now it brings up all of those multiple screens that mm. staircase down across the screen of oh, all okay. of your types thing. And it's like, oh my God. Oh. I know. I know. I started, I back up mine now because, yeah, I've had that happen too. I back up mine on either, you know, Google Drive or external hard drive so that doesn't happen but yeah if you just suddenly lose it yeah you know I, power I, goes I, out <laughs> i've written 16 new pages man that's painful that are now gone <laughs> that's brutal that's just mean mean yeah. mean of the universe i don't know and it, it's something about these stories that i just think more authors need to be writing it maybe it's not everybody's cup of tea to write and maybe it's not everybody's cup of tea to read but let me tell you something (laughs) (laughs) i've got now i think finally over ten thousand followers that's i saw that that's awesome on twitter yes yes and 
P-Boy has even more. Yes, yeah, CSU, you are someone's cup of tea. It doesn't have to be everyone. There's nothing I, wrong with niching down like that. I know. Between the two of us, we have like 22,000 followers. Fantastic. I'm like, what? How? <laughs> well, I, on something. Uh-huh. Yes. I, I don't know fully what it is. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, and you'll love, you'll love this. I don't know if it's happened for you yet. Kind of a little off topic, but kind of I, maybe it, maybe it's not. So I was approached, and I'm sure you've seen, to be an ambassador, sales ambassador for Locked and Lust. Oh, yeah. I saw that on your account. Yeah. And that girl, they approached me. That's awesome. That's so fucking awesome. I love it. I am like, what? <laughs> That's so great. You want to do what? <laughs> how would this work? Right. <laughs> So, you so know, obviously you said yes. <laughs> I, I did say yes. It was a 10% discount for, you know, followers if they use the uh, the code, the discount mm. code, which is my pinned tweet on Twitter. And it's uh, near the top on my blog that I'm one of their ambassadors. And you Oh, know. say your Twitter handle too, so people know what that is. What is your Twitter handle? EB underscore Breckenridge. Okay, perfect. And that's also the discount code. <laughs> oh, convenient. <laughs> that yeah, that was their that was their decision. And then mm. I got a my choice, a free device. Nice. If I would do an unboxing video and then write a review. So Perfect. I did the unboxing video video on, on my bed. Didn't like to show my face. I wasn't comfortable doing that yet on yeah. YouTube on YouTube yet. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get to that point. Yeah. And then the review took a little bit of time because I started this new job that I absolutely love. Nice. But the hours, oh my Lord, they're a lot of hours. It's different hours. I started at like four or five o'clock and weekdays I worked oh. at seven. And then on the weekends I worked till one at one AM. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Very variable. I am not a spring chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fifty six years old. Okay. <laughs> I'm not used to being up till 1 a.m. Right. You're like, what's this business? <laughs> Come home and crash. <laughs> right. And then trying to nap during the day so I can last that long. It's like. Right. Challenging. It is. And it's bitten into my writing time a little bit. And it is mm. trying to figure out where do I want to take Frank and Aileen? You know, I really don't know. And then, oh, and then the other comment was, is that there was a really good start with Michael. Um, and again, the cover model gave some really gave incredible suggestions what to do with Frank and Aileen and with Michael and getting to know more about Michael. Um, I, the followers, they're amazing. They're just mm-hmm. simply amazing. And that's awesome. There's this fellow. I'm trying to remember his screen name, and I can't because he's one of P Boy's followers, actually. Okay. I think he follows me too. Mm. But there for the longest time, he was responding to every single thing he tweeted. Oh, wow. And from, but from a Dom Daddy's point of view, I'm like sitting here, like, that's nice, but I'm a little jealous. (laughs) Yeah, right. I hear it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I 
I just hope people really like it, and that, that and they and that they won't think that I was just trying to name drop. You know, because like at the fashion show, instead of Matthew, because Matthew is such oh, a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> at the photo shoot, I'm like, okay, so who's like the next best makeup artist that people would know? Okay. You know, I don't want somebody that they're going to go, who? <laughs> right. So the only other obvious choice for me was Raja from RuPaul's Drag Race, who now does mm. makeup. Sure. And that's who ends up doing um, Luke and Frank's and Michael's makeup cool. fashion show in Paris. You know, and then um, it's uh, Annie that's like, you know, I'm going to give you her business card. She's a very dear friend of mine. But, you know, considering you're doing this thing with Burley and the whole store chain, she might be interested um, if you're thinking about wearing a wedding dress. Mm. And hands Luke this card. And, of course, it's for Vera Wang. I'm like, yeah. there's no other name. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. So yeah, Vera ends up doing his dress and ends up doing a knockoff, well, not mm. a knockoff, but a much cheaper version okay. of, for the Daniel Secret stores. Oh, okay. Which, you know, that again, that was something historically that had happened, you know, with Princess Diana's dress. You saw replicas of that dress all over the place. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely we did. Yes. I just hope people really like it. And can we talk a little bit about, <laughs> just a little bit, how flattered I was, I was, last year. I I never heard of it. Okay, so when we were nominated for Size Kings 1. Oh, yes. The Golden Pigtail Smut Award. Yes. I I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's so awesome. Well, first of all, I had never heard of it. Okay, sure. Never had heard of it. And then I knew nominations were coming, and I get... And I said rather flippantly, you know, amongst followers, oh, it'd be kind of nice if we were nominated. Yeah. Just offhandedly. Never yeah. think it was ever going to happen. And and I nominated, because it was such an incredible read last year, I nominated um, Gabriel Hargrave. Oh, yes. For yes. The, for the Lion in the Orchid. Totally, totally amazing. For sure. That, that, that book. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just re-interviewed him too, by the way. It's going to go live on Saturday because his new book is coming out. There's a new one? He has a he collection. working on one. Yeah, a collection of short stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, but that that book and that character of Dorian slash Orchid. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, any, but anyway, we were nominated. It was like, what? This is my, you know, I've been working on a much longer piece for, God, I don't know how long now. It's been a long time. At least three years. At least three years. This murder, mystery, serial killer, erotica thing. Oh, okay, sure. That I've been working on, like I said, at least three years. And that was way before doing this thing with P-Boy. And I'm still not anywhere near finished with that one either. And that was, that was to be my first one. Um, okay. But, but when I was approached about it, you know, to help with size kings. And I said, yes. And I, I had some suggestions and it just started out as beta reading, right. which that's a whole another animal one to itself. Right. <laughs> um, but 
And then when we were nominated, I'm like, and I reached out to him, I'm like, what? What just happened? And he's like, <sighs> nominated. And this is like a big time deal. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I'm Such like, an honor. I'm like, what? He's like, it's like folk, folk equivalent to the Oscars. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting bigger every year, I feel like, too. Yeah. I just, and granted, we didn't make it past the first round, but I'm just still, honor. still blown away by that. Yes, it's such an honor to be even nominated. Totally. Well, and then yes. somebody, or maybe a couple somebodies, were moved enough by what we wrote to nominate us. Yes, that's a wonderful feeling. And for me, the first, my first time writing in that genre out of the park. Right. You know, granted, people have written other stuff under a different name. Right. Um, and is rather well known mm-hmm. in his genre of, yep. of erotica. But it was like, I just, I couldn't begin. And I still have problems fathoming, fathoming how that even happened. Oh, yeah. That's wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. But the, the longer story right now, regular page size is about 200 pages. Okay. That and size king too is 200 pages? No. This one that's been three years in the process of. <laughs> oh, I guess right. That's the one you were talking about. That's right. We switched yeah. talking. 200 pages. Wow. <laughs> Tentative, tentatively called Corso. Okay. Oh, yes. I think I remember you talking about this in the last interview. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to get it done, but again, it's like trying to trying to find the time. Well, I don't know if it's finding the time or and it's like, okay, Torso's been such a labor of love. And I, and again, it's something I'm hoping people really like because I've not seen, you know, or I've not read yet. I, I, I've not, it's been a long time since I've read Gay Erotica. So it's mm. like, is, is there a murder mystery thriller thing? <laughs> not that I've seen. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't really know everything, obviously, but yeah, not that I've seen. So, hey, put it out there eventually, right? Yeah, this serial killer and this gay cop and then this gay cast of characters and you know, you know, our, our, our token straight people that we have to have. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you put that. <laughs> very, very awesome. Well, it will be exciting to read someday. I'm sure you'll get it out eventually. It's, I guess it just boils to a matter of just doing it. And especially if the more books there are. Yes the better off you may be because as you said earlier people are looking for variety and if they like one they'll like more right Um, and then it's like okay do i just do i just stick with the genre that i started in and that's what i'm known for or do i try to break away yeah it's kind of hard to decide i hear a lot of people say it's better to you know stick to a particular topic i kind of don't myself but I have heard people say it's better to do that because then people like your type of writing, what your topic is, then may sell more for that reason alone, you know? Well, this torso was the first time, you know, because I was doing research into the whole third gender thing at the same time that I was mm. right, started writing torso. Sure. It's the first time that I was writing about it on, on the page and the main character in that story is Ashton Jeff- Jefferson. Um that's the issue that he's dealing with in that story is the, you know, the chief of police of this fictional town called Gatesville. Mm. And I thought then, 
you know, now three years ago that I was on something, and apparently I am from three years ago. Um, that's still not finished because I now have two, one of my own and one that I helped helped write. Right. That are out there, and we were nominated the first time around. I, and then it's a little scary in a way because what's what's going to happen with Twitter? Oh, I know. I don't know what's going to happen with Twitter. Everyone's I, talking about that. Yeah, I don't know either. And how is that going to affect us as authors? I know. I know. I think it's really sad that someone is making decisions that they don't realize how far reaching and how impactful that is to so many people and their livelihoods, their creative works, even their personal relationships or, you know, relationships with people online. It's it's really kind of sad that they just are so cavalier about that. Well, and there are people that I haven't met in person that really, you know, I'm, I really like. Yeah, you're, exactly. You're, you're one of them. And J.M. Shadows mm-hmm. is another one. And B.D. Hampton is another one. And Gabriel, right. Gabriel Hargrave is another one. And, right. then, and these are our connections is through Twitter. Yeah. I know. And then there's this new fellow, or new to me anyway, Peter Schultz. Mm. I think that's how you say the last name, S-C-H-U-L-T. Yeah, I would think it would be Schultz, yeah. That writes about Embrag, and it was the first time I'd read anything like that. And he was writing about this in like the 60s or the 70s. Oh, okay. And it's like, you know, you, you know, there's these communities of people that you don't have any other way. And then these, these followers that are new, especially new followers, who will message me, Oh my God, I just stumbled across your content. I love what you're doing. Uh, is there more to see? And it's like, yeah, there's my blog and that's stated in my bio. And then there's these these two books and, you know, and then uh, I haven't done anything. Have I done anything recently for Pybox? I don't know if I have or not. Oh, that's another, it's a short, short story. The, the most popular thing I wrote <laughs> for, <laughs> for Pybox. Oh, it, sure. It's been the story of this gay couple trying to get pregnant, and the boy-wife ends up going to an OBGYN. Okay. Why am I, why can't I get pregnant? So that's been the most popular thing. <laughs> Great. <laughs> on on box that I wrote, first time writing that field. So I'm working on the sequel, a short story sequel for that. Um, and then I tried to do the uh, Pinktober. Oh, a, yes. A short mm-hmm. story every day. God, that got so overwhelming. Oh, I can imagine. I know. (laughs) It's a lot. So quickly. (laughs) Yes. Very quickly. (laughs) I don't know how to do this. (laughs) I know. That's quite the commitment and very hard to fulfill, I think. It was very hard to fulfill all these new ideas. And then they had certain certain themes. And there were a few themes I wasn't willing to write about. And it's Mm. (laughs) (laughs) an experience right (laughs) yeah it's like i i don't know and then it's been a struggle of like you know how much do i promote my book versus individual tweets and and then will the tweets draw them to my books or i wish somebody would just have a real conversation about how this all works well and do you have a do you have an email list because that's another way to keep contact with people if you create an email list which you can do or free on MailChimp. And no, I'm not. You might want to do that because it's I free. Did. I did. Whoop, couldn't hear you. What was the name of the book? Because I just finished it. 
it was what's the name of it? I don't even see it on the bookcase. Oh, here it is. Cameron James's Sell Your Sex. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just finished that, and there were some really great tips in that. I'd had it for a little while, and I finally finished it. It was really very good. So I'm, you know, and I made I made quite a few notes, and that's where I came up with the idea of pictures of the covers of my books on my webpage with a, and then within the picture, if you click on the picture, it will take you to the link to buy the book. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good idea to do. And that you know, it's kind of my web page, if you will, because I don't. That's all I have. Right. But yeah, if you do start an email list, you know, then you own that list. No matter what happens to Twitter or whatever, anybody who's on your email list, you can still contact them and be like, here's my new book or any updates you're doing. So it's always a good idea. MailChimp or Chimp? MailChimp. So M-A-I-L-C-H-I-M-P. And you can create newsletters through this and, you know, you can do them however often you want or infrequent, but then when people sign up for it and you can advertise on Twitter, Hey, sign up for my newsletter and then put your link to mail your MailChimp. You can make like a, what's called like a landing page on MailChimp and then people can sign up on that. And then when you create an email, you can send it out to your email list for the updates. Like the other thing, and I've seen people do it, but I don't know how to do it. It's like, Smashwords, how do you lower your price for a special on your mm. Yeah, I'm not on Smashwords, so I don't know how to do that. But I know that that's, you can do that on Amazon, too. You can make deals. Yeah, you just got to figure out how to set that so that you can have sales. You know, sales are a good way to drive traffic, too. And even like putting your book, well, a digital form of your book for free for a short amount of time, that's really beneficial too. Cause then you, people can download it for free. You might get some reviews from that, you know? Right. That, because that, that's the other thing. It's been hard. I've not, there's not for either book. There's not been as far as I'm aware of any reviews. Mm. So it's like, well, wait, I take that back and I, I'll, and I'll have to apologize to them because it was, Rainbow Reviews did one for Size Kings. I've not oh, seen nice. I've not seen where they've done one for the second one yet. Um, but they did do that for the first one. But as far as like individual readers, I don't think there've been any. And again, and it's other- not about it's not about getting the reviews, but it's and there have been people that is uh, you know direct message me on Twitter. Oh my God, you just finished your book. I absolutely loved it. Right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. At times, I you know there are certain things I wish it was like where we could all get together in a big room and we could just like learn from each other, like how to do the sales, how to how to right. do the Kindle, how to do the Kindle page, how to. <sighs> Another good location that I use is called Story Origin App. And it's something you join, you do have to pay for it, but I think it's only like $100 per year, but you can advertise there. You can put your book up there to try to get reviews and other. there's ways for other authors to share your work and you share their work through your newsletter. So if you ever want to check that out, that's a, that's a good place for people who are publishing to join and be able to collaborate with other authors and there's quite a large amount of erotica authors on there it seems like right now that that's the 
genre people are wanting to read the most or am I out of my mind? What's that? Erotica? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I think erotica is growing and I think it's great that it is, you know, people, I think it's just, yeah, it's getting bigger and bigger all the time. It's growing. Well, and there was, I think we spoke about this the last time too. There was was this incredible documentary about this erotica book book fair thing. I can't remember what station or what the name of the documentary was. Uh, but about, you know, these authors that think it was in New York meet and greets and they were signing books and selling books and workshops and blah, 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 blah. And that the number, the huge number of women, cisgender women who write uh, gay male erotica. That's right. Yeah, we did talk about that. And then that large portion of people that read that as well are also cisgender women. Right. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to get your voice in there. Yeah, I guess my my hope is that if I have that kind of reader, that they're not upset with how I wrote what I wrote for both books. Right. Um, because I don't mean it offensively. Right. Um, and there there is this whole subset of predominantly gay men that call ourselves pussy boys mm-hmm. or or girls with a U. Um, the boys, some of us don't even consider ourselves boys. Right. Which was a whole other phenomenon that I stumbled in. <laughs> <laughs> right. And my, and my tweets, I think, have shown that. And I think it was actually P-Boys that did it first, uh, started tweeting that way. I think they found it before I did. Mm, okay. And I, and I noticed the shift in their tweeting. And I'm like, oh, Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I yeah, it's it's interesting at times where the writing takes you. Oh yes. And, Absolutely. And, and research especially, it's like mm-hmm. I know, it's so true. I don't think people would want to like look through my my history, my search <laughs> history. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And especially for torso. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think one of the first things I was like, okay, so how long does it take for a natural body out in the wilderness to decay naturally? Was one of the right. first things that I did. Because he's, you know, in, in torso, a lot of the, the victims are just kind of dumped in the brush. Mm. And you don't want to get it wrong. Right. Oh, yeah. Out of research. <laughs> People are going to be like, yeah, no. <laughs> exactly. It's got to be accurate. Yeah, especially the people who are living that. And if they know that that's not accurate, then it's just bogus, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I guess we've got to love readers like that, that they're so invested in what you're doing that. Yeah. Um, and I was so grateful so early on, you know, when they had noticed a few errors and, I, you know, given a chance to pull the soft or the paperback correct them and then do the hard bat. Right. I don't want something out there that's shoddy and people think, oh, that that's shoddy. And right, I, exactly. I keep reading through everything that I write every single day. I, you know, reread what I've already written, try to get the errors. I opened it up to people to beta read. I still mm-hmm. don't really know how that works. As someone that has written what is being beta read. Right. You know, like, it was Microsoft something where you put the file, mm. if I remember right. And then because I kept, I'm sure I drove Gabriel Hargrave crazy. 
Like, no, <laughs> nobody's commenting. They're supposed to be beta reading. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it can be challenging to get people to do, yes. Well, and do comments just show up? Do Does the file have to be closed? Does it have to be opened? I, again, it's like, I guess it's all things we all learn on, on the curve, but none of us really talk about. Right. Yeah, I, I think learn things as we go. Yeah, yeah. I wish we did, though. I, especially important things like that. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Someone should create some sort of like education, <laughs> like an educational course about how to do things. And other people could like, yeah, you know, buy it and read it and learn. It just it seems like, and it's the silliest thing too. Mm-hmm. Or is it just me that, you know, like, like I said, the size of the Kindle page or, you know, a space or two between every paragraph for smash words or, I I don't know. It's, you know, these little tiny things that at times add up to something big. (laughs) Right. I know. I tend to actually use formatters for my ebooks and uh, paperbacks and all that from Fiverr. And that's where you can pay people to create these files for you. And it's not very, it's not real expensive. If you don't want to mess around and you don't feel like you know what the hell you're doing, check on Fiverr. There's so many people that will do this and they're like freelancers. Well, I saved the Kindle version and now I just like co- copy mm. and then rip out everything and start all over again. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that works too. But yeah. <laughs> I'm not going yeah. to do this again. <laughs> you ever feel stuck? Check Fiverr. There's so many people on there that do this freelancing, creating files for different <laughs> publishers. So it's it's definitely a good thing. And the other thing you might want to check out is draft to digital. It's another place you can publish to. I don't know what their standards are for is what they like except for content, but they have a, a, you just upload a document and they have this process that will turn it into an EPUB just automatically for you. It's called draft to digital. And if you're going to do that though, you can't have it be exclusive on Amazon. It'd be one you'd, you know, be doing wide, but it sounds like you you publish wide anyways. You do smash mouth or smash words and Amazon. So draft to digital is another one that's you can get your book in multiple locations, also multiple yeah. publishers like Apple Books and Kobo and yeah, Barnes like, and Noble. Yeah, it was like the most annoying thing. You know, I have a master's of fine arts degree in creative writing, mm-hmm. and of course, two two years of you know, publish, 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 publish. Right. Okay, but we never talked about how. Right. There's no how to. But the nice thing about like draft about, digital, you know, cover letters, an agent, blah 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 blah. Oh, I know. There's no how to. Isn't that weird that they don't do that? I think that's very odd. Very odd. Doesn't you're make any sense. You're supposed to figure it all out on your own and do it all out on your own, and it's like I don't even know where to begin. Right, and they should have some sort of course on. You know, how do you go about self-publishing versus traditional publishing and and how, you know what I mean? Like there should be some sort of, I mean, that would be a class that people would want to take. Why don't they create that? Well, <laughs> I don't I, get it. Right. And ironically, my very first book under my real name, Literary, I published before I went into my master's program. Very shortly oh, okay. I was yep. going into it with a published book. And I got looked at like, well, why are you here? And it's like, um, because I want to learn more. 
Right. Um, Why are you here? <laughs> I want to learn more on how to do story that I needed to be out there. Um, right. And before I came here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I felt it was that important, but yeah, it was just, again, it's like, why aren't we having these conversations? I, I don't know. I, and I, you know, the other thing is that I, I think about, especially with both sides being books, it's like, okay, what parts of me are the parts of the characters? Right. It, Which always seems to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it, even with, Johnny's uncle, as much of a jerk as he is, it's like, not really a jerk. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> right. You know, it was like, I don't know. Oh, I did it again in the hard back. Oh, damn it. Okay. Frank instead of Anne. Oh, my God. Sleeping mm. <laughs> through and I did catch all of them. Well, this has been amazing. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we end our chat? I really can't think of anything. I mean, I think I covered everything I really wanted to talk about with the book. And I, you know, just thank the people that have read both books and have commented on both books and support my my writing and how much that means to me and the people that inspire me. Um like I can't wait. Jam Shadows is working on a new book that I can't. I cannot wait to read. Mm, nice. Cannot wait to read. And then you're telling me Gabriel is close to doing another one, which I cannot. Yeah. Wait. Well, he's working on the second book after the Orchid and the Lion. And then he's yeah, he's releasing a. It's like I think it's a collection of short stories. I believe is what's coming out on Saturday. Cannot wait. <laughs> yes, I know. It's so awesome. Yes. And I'll put the links to your stuff all down in the podcast notes as well. So people can find you on Smashwords and Amazon and Twitter. Is there anywhere else that you are that people could find? Oh, your website. You got your website too, right? Right. The blog spot. Yeah. Right. And that's Mr. Faggot to you. And the, the two is the letter two um, dot blogspot.com. But that there's Perfect. a link, I believe, in my bio to that. On- on Twitter. Yep. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, I'll put all that down there so people the, can access you know, the, that. The longer stories than you can do on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yes. I know Twitter's so short, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and the interviews that I've been really fortunate to do, and thank you for everybody, to everybody as well, that is an interview, you know, a direct message interview with me mm-hmm. um, for, for the blog. Um, the readers seem to really enjoy them and, you know, somebody else's perspective on a topic that, we share in common. Right. Um, and I think people would be interested in reading like one of the most current ones that have been the most read currently has been um, this gentleman that's this, uh, not sure what you would call it, but the term is, and I hope I say it right, is NULO, N-U-L-L-O. Yeah, I don't think I'm familiar. It's where you go in and surgically have all of your junk removed. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And you're left with Lord knows. Well, I've, I've seen pictures, but I don't. I don't know how to describe. Right. Yeah. I. I'm, I wouldn't be able it to speak was, to that. It was. It was one of the first people um, that I saw on Twitter that had did that. Okay. And I felt it went along with what I write about. Oh, okay. Uh huh. So it was the most fascinating interview because I went in in it not knowing anything. Right. 
and walked away with such an understanding of things and trying to, and that's always a hard one too, trying to ask the questions that followers would want to ask. Right. Um, I'm sure you struggle with that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And you do this live. (laughs) Right. I know. (laughs) Be interesting. (laughs) Words are written. Yeah. But that's the other thing about where it's pod- podcasting. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, Lord, there's like so much and so little time. Oh, I know. There's so much you can do in so little time. I know. And it's like stuff keeps getting added all the time. Or you, or you find out about stuff, whether maybe it's not new, but and you find out, oh, wow, look at this, look at that. And you just want to do it all. But yeah, time constraints. Yeah. it's Yeah. But thank you for time and letting me yes. interview and talk about the new book i you know i i've appreciated your support oh so, absolutely and, and, your, and your friendship so much yes oh i know i enjoy you as well so we had a great chat i'm glad we were able to do a, a second interview this was Hopefully fun thank you talked enough about the book and not like all of the other <laughs> so writers. much to talk about right <laughs> well like the writerly stuff, but I think it's yeah. important, it's important that we talk about it to some mm-hmm. degree. Um, oh yeah, and maybe others will join the bandwagon. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you have an amazing birthday. Happy Thank birthday you. again, and you have a, have fun on your date tonight. I'm I'm going to. I I cannot wait. He's. Oh, that's going to be fun. I hope you have a blast. Well, he's younger and he's, oh, he's so easy on the eyes. Mm, Nice. (laughs) You will have a good time. Well, enjoy yourself and you have an amazing day. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to that. And I hope that you check him out if you're into his type of erotica. Down in the podcast show notes will be links to his content, and you can find him if that's what you're into. And I will put my links down in the podcast notes as well, where you can find me across the internet, my link tree. And of course, I have Erotica, which is sold on Amazon and other online sellers and erotic audiobooks. So check me out if you like my content. And I want to thank you for listening to this. Subscribe, please. And if you enjoyed this, please give me a review. I would love to hear your thoughts. And it really helps me to get reviews on the podcast. So please, if you enjoyed it, I would love for you to weigh in your review, your rating. Thank you so much for listening to this. Don't forget that you need to enjoy your body and masturbate and enjoy time with your partner. Have a great Valentine's Day. You want some ideas? Check out my website, ruinwillowauthor.com, where I have a Valentine's Day for all budgets, where it's ideas from free and cheap all the way up to purchasing something and get the Ruin Willow discount is where you can find discounts on sex toys, or you can buy an experience for you and your lover or just yourself. Hey, if you're single, buy yourself a sex toy for Valentine's Day and use it and have fun. Don't forget to enjoy your body and masturbate. It's a stress relief. It's great for your body. It's very healthy. And I hope you have a sexy fucking day. Love ya.
ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning to get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going there. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean. <laughs>